Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Growisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, season one, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website, gwtsfamily.com. We offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression. Here we grow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our new voice. We've got an old voice in my life on with us today. Hi there, Adam. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, Groisha. It's good to be here. Yeah, this is this is a conversation that's been going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. So now people are going to listen to parts. This should be fun. Yeah, it's it's great to see this actually this coming into fruition. I know you've been talking about it for a while and dreaming it in, and it's I'm just blessed and grateful to be a part of the dream. Yes, you're definitely a part of the dream. You bring in the good love. You bring in that good vibe that my son met and said, "Mom, this dude, like, you want to do the same stuff he wants to do? Like, go talk to him. Leave me out of it." <laughs> the the son you never had. <laughs> so thank you for coming today, Adam. You know. We've been talking about growing things with young men and mentoring and learning about how we groom ourselves to be ourselves and what we, our core beliefs are. So I'm really excited to hear what you've been brewing because we haven't really chatted in a while. So I feel like I'm having a call with somebody. I'm curious to hear what he's up to, you know? Thank you. And there's, there's a lot going on. It's fun to be me right now. And also it's exciting. It's scary. It's really, I'm feeling all the things coming from the the music industry and and working at all the festivals and venues and for all the amazing artists I've worked for and then having the vision of pivoting into the wellness community with that experience and then having the opportunity to work at the assemblage which is like you know like the hub of New York City spirituality and wellness then to have the pandemic happen has you know given a whole new perspective on so many things for me in a non-braggadocious little bear kind of way, the entire company that that I, that I worked for got got laid off, except for me. So you know, I had there's a, there was a little bit of a guilt kind of thing there, and also an excitement of, and a confidence booster, and and you know, we all like that confidence booster. But this was such a real one for me, where it was, Adam, you are valuable, you are indispensable, you are our guy, and that felt so good, and it kind of shifted it shifted that kind of it shifted so much in my manhood and in my adulthood and in my my humanness of of feeling that and and that re the responsibility that comes with that and being a responsible adult in this world is something that i you know i never really knew what that meant and i'm learning in the fire what that's all about i'm involved in, in cacao circles almost every day with cacao laboratory we have at, at Akasha and the Assemblage, we have 40 wellness programs every week, most of which are free and just so amazing to be a part of. And then I started a men's circle with some really good friends and just kind of, and I'm doing more work with uh, accessible festivals and an inclusion festival, which is a two nonprofits that are geared towards inclusion, bringing everybody together, people who have maybe less resources or less or society tells them they're they're different, kind of bringing everybody together in harmony. There's a lot going on in my world, but it's also just exciting 
to be a part of all these great things. Yeah, I'm in a mirror of you since, you know, we're cancer, Aries, Aries, cancer, and a very similar enthusiasm and welcoming of my presence and my ability to accept it. So I, I appreciate that reflection. And I just find there's so many things happening all at once. So I just find myself curious, like how not to fall into the patterns of our behavior. So that's why this show might be interesting to hear what you're thinking about yourself now, because you're seemingly waking up out of the distortion of yourself. And with that said, that distortion comes, comes back to play. Those patterns come back and it's sometimes really hard. Like it's, I had a, um, spiritual guide, if you will. She taught me that, you know, the higher you, you go up enlightenment, the, the further the drop. <laughs> so when I do fall, it, it hurts a little more <laughs> and you got to climb that, that much higher back up. I, I get lazy. Sometimes I get discouraged. I, I look for that validation, but I know inside me that, you know, it, it's all there. I'm in the middle, Adam. It's rhythm yeah. in the middle. Come on. Yeah. And you know, the pendulum's going to go, but it's a matter of, you know, like, that but nice. you can keep your road yeah. in the middle. That's what the red road is. Like, I know everybody wants to call it and name it, but the red road is that middle space that grows our grace where we're connected to everything. And yes, we're moving in beautiful ways to grow things, but we're also taking care of our own well-being because mm -hmm. we know that that's when we can be present. You know, so that's what I'm learning as I, as, as, you know, meet that kind of like, whoa, whoa, wow, wow. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. And it's a change, a change. And it's funny that you said presence because I've gotten really into the gene keys lately. Do you know about the gene keys? I know a little bit in their relation to the human design, but I'm all real happy to learn. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be an ex call myself an expert, but I have had the opportunity to work closely with Richard Rudd, the creator of that, a couple times in the last few months. And my life's work is presence. When I first read Life's Work, I thought that was just like, that's what comes naturally to me. But as I learned more, it's really like what I have to work my entire life to understand. So it's not so easy. Is that presence. Like, like, oh, I got that. Yeah. When I, when I am at my highest self, my Gene Keys life, my Life Works Gene Key says that just being there is enough because I'm magnetic and all these things, but my presence and I used to kind of half joke, like my presence is the greatest present, you know, is like, that was my cheap way of not getting a birthday present for somebody. But then when I learned this, I'm like, oh, I was onto something there. Like that is, that's real, but it's, 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 it's a life's work. It's, it's, that's my masterpiece that I'm trying to paint. You know, it's, that's, that's, that's it. Just being comfortable in myself, in my surroundings, with my surroundings, separate and in interconnected with everything else. Yeah, that, that's home base. That's the sweet spot right there. Mm -hmm. yeah, we all know the sweet spot. That's the new moon and, prayer. And sometimes we just want to play tag, you know, <laughs> get off home base. <laughs> but it's just knowing how to get that sweet spot on a reg. I don't know. I, I like the sweet spot. I tend to hang out there. But I can say if too comfortable in the sweet spot, one can get lazy. So I can appreciate that too. I have that bear energy in me too. I can take a nap on a minute. <laughs> It's like, it's a good time for a nap, right? <laughs> All right. So then the first question that we were going to start with to get a full, uh, from all the voices in the heart of the song, how are you informed about being a boy? If that's how you identify, like, how do you remember or still hold the idea of gender? That's a great question. You know, gender for me has been a, a funny thing most of my life. You know, I think I was like any little boy 
growing up in a lot of ways. Like I had an older brother I looked up to. He kind of set the tone, which was cool, but also had some impacts. And what I mean by that is like, you know, Joe, my brother, he was the firstborn boy. He's a Leo. He's proud. He's the king. He liked guns. He liked wrestling and, and, and sports and all that. And, you know, he, 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 and I would say, you know, if Joe's listening, I love you. Like to this day, like, you know, he's trying to win over dad's love in, in that way. And Joe did that for me. You know, I was, I was the second one. I was like, okay, you got that part. When I came into the fray, you know, I, I, I got thrown, I, I'm going to use the term thrown into that stuff. I love WWF wrestling, but like for me, it was, it was the pretending. It was the creativity around it. I loved the characters. I loved the the interplay of the wrestlers more than I loved like the brawn and like the strength. You know, I liked I liked the 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 side drama <laughs> and like what they wore and all that. And to me, you know, like that's a very feminine thing is is that creativity. The wrestling and the doing, you know, that that's to me that's masculine and, and like but the flow of it and the creativity behind it. And you know, I I also I loved playing dress up with my friend's sisters and that was not cool in my family. And that was, that was not appreciated. That was not like, yeah, it wasn't like harsh to the point of like meanness of don't do that, but it definitely was the vibe of like, you're not supposed to do that. And that kind of, you know, and, 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 you know, all throughout my young life, I, I saw gender i saw guys and i saw girls i saw the separation but like it didn't really make that much sense to me like i saw it for what it was but it but like i had a lot of female friends growing up i remember one time getting a shoe thrown at me in like fourth grade maybe fourth grade and throwing it back at the, it was by a girl and i threw it back at her and i got in trouble and she didn't and i was like what the heck you know like she 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 started it, you know, and but it was I was a boy and I shouldn't hit throw back at a girl. And I remember just being like, but like that's not fair. And I I had a few of those throughout my young life of like, but that's not fair. And so like even before I knew what like any kind of equality or gender roles or any, what that was, it was affecting me and and I was seeing it. My 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 brother was a great athlete and I and that was kind of what was rewarded in my family was like sports more so than anything else really. And that was what I felt I was supposed to fall into. And I wasn't that good at sports. I was okay, but I wasn't like great. You know, I was like, I was very average. I would say it at all the sports I played. And, but I always had this love of music and so did my big brother. And that's also part of why it was so cool was because Joe was into it. And that's something that we were able to relate on, but music wasn't really like, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was appreciated in my family, but it was something that like, wasn't, really nurtured i would say is the word and and so that that creative side was never fully nurtured in my for me you know it wasn't gonna pay the bills like it's not seen as something that you can like build your house on yeah but like sports necessarily isn't either you know it was just like that was what something i think that my parents like got you know it was like it was accessible and easy to understand and and but like well but with all respect to my parents, like my mom tried to get me to do theater. There was something inside me that was like, I can't do that. Like, that's not for me, but I really wanted to. And I wasn't able, like, I wasn't able to like get on a stage and perform and sing as much as I'd like to. And I, but I had this huge love of music and it wasn't until high school really that I, I, I got to really like embrace that. 
But I always had a hard time as we get to high school. You know, I, I had a hard time also there knowing where I kind of fit in and, and, and who I was. I loved hanging out with the musician kids if we're going to, you know, throw it to throw it into like kind of like boxes. But I felt like, again, with like the upbringing, the like brother, the athlete, the thing like that wasn't like who I was supposed to be hanging out with. And I was talking to my little brother about it, actually, like there's certain kids that are kind of were kind of mean to me that I felt like it was like a, I wanted to be friends with them. And then there were kids that were super nice to me that wanted to be my friend. I was like, go away. You're not cool. You know, that kind of thing. As I stopped playing sports and played more music, I still had a hard time understanding like where I fit in, even though it was looking back, it was pretty obvious. Like, dude, you're a musician. Like you played music. Like those kids were cool. You got along with them. You connected on things. You, you saw the world in a very similar way. But at the time, it was really hard to feel that. And yeah, and, and it really wasn't until I met your son, to be honest, and some of those friends where I was like, oh, friends, like I get that. Like these, those people from my past weren't assholes. They weren't not good people. They just weren't my friends. And I wasn't comfortable enough in myself to be able to be vulnerable and be like, hey, this is me. Love me, please. You know, like this is it. So it took a long time to really understand like who I was and, and where I were and understand my surroundings with other people. That's, you know, that's. That's 20 years of figuring it out. <laughs> and that's, and that, that's, that's in some ways 20 years wasted, even though that's my story and that's who I am. And I'm proud of that and it and helped shape me. But I do have this feeling of like, when it comes to the younger people, like helping people along that path, maybe a little sooner and, and, and like nurturing some of the things that they're really good at. But, but with the gender stuff, I always had a lot of female friends. And I got called names by some of my masculine friends because I wasn't I wasn't sleeping with all these friends. I, I was just hanging out with the girls, and I and and in some situations to this day, I feel like one of the girls, and then with other times, I feel like one of the guys, and sometimes I feel like an alien, and other times I feel like but you know, like so it's really like it depends on the situation, it depends on my mood, I guess, what's going on maybe in the planets, but it it's I can't say like a hundred percent of the time I feel like one of the guys. Like, cause that, that's, that's just not who I am, I guess. I feel like the the, the, the harmony of the feminine, and the masculine that I have inside me, they kind of like, they go back and forth and they hang out and they play and they, and they, they shake hands and they dance. So yeah. So like being called a faggot and, and all that stuff when, you know, nothing against homosexuals. I remember saying to somebody like, you know, I'm not gay, but if I was, that would be pretty, pretty mean. I, I might get pretty upset by that, you know, like, why, why would you do that? And, and that, but that had an effect on me, like, Adam, you're doing something wrong. And, and that's kind of in my, within my gender up until my adulthood, I always kind of felt like I wasn't doing it right. And until I kind of figured out, like, there is no doing it right. <laughs> and I was doing it perfectly, you know, cause I was being me. So, yeah. So like, that's, that's kind of my, my story of my young you know, fi figuring out who I am and, and, and what, you know, what being a boy and a man was, you know? I'm thinking about an inner rejection that creates a need for outer rejection. There's some belief and the way I've identified it, it's like a, it's a, a mistake or a lie you tell yourself, you know, that, that justifies like rerouting everything to get your mind in control of your being and not really listening and seeing what you're saying. As I keep saying, lost in the sauce. Like you're up there just kind of creating your own recipes and running it. I've no, I've said things like, you have to really know me to decide if you love me. Like you can't just like think you love me because it's your idea of me. Like I'm still learning who I am for somebody to love. Right? So, I mean, uh, I'm too easy to accommodate for another. So then I'm not looking to shape shift for love. I'm looking to be love. 
in my vibration of love and then allow love to come to that, right? That's a different way of looking at love because when we're trying to make up for some belief that could potentially be a lie or a trick of the mind, that we're not right or we did it wrong, it's going to make a bad song all day. You're going to hate your own music. You know, and then you're going to be asking other people, like, I know my music's bad, but can you still like me? It's like, well, of course I still like you, but, like, you have to keep talking about your sad music. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know, I, I we were talking in Cacao Circle today about how you know if you, I mean, they were talking a bit about race issues, but I think it applies across the board. Where it's if you're acting out of a place of guilt or anywhere but truth, that's what you're going to give. That's what you're going to get back. So if I'm if I'm if I'm coming from a place of confusion, people are going to be confused around me, you know. And if I come from a place of love, people are going to feel good and loved around me. And and it's it's so cliche, but you know you can't really love much else without that inner love and, and loving all the parts. And, that, and that's not saying like thinking you're perfect. You know, it's just loving those imperfections, loving those, loving the ride, loving the bumps, loving the smooth parts, loving loving all of it. You know, and and laughing. And and if you come from a place of of humor and and, and like a, and laughing with yourself, I just become your cartoon character. Just yeah. become your cartoon character and learn to use it well with a high consciousness. That's it. Then what happened when you were in relationships and with girls and stuff like that? What did you learn about yourself and the way you relate to people and how things worked in that way? You know, with relationships, are, you know, they're, they're just like the strongest mirror. And my first, even going back again to like, like the younger relationships with, with friends, and, and all that it was, I, you know, I learned a lot about myself that like, I could be controlling. I like the, I like the spotlight, but I don't want to, I want to like, I want to act like I don't, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't like it when I'm in it, but I, I don't like it when I'm not in it, <laughs> you know? And, 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 and that's, you know, that's, that's an interesting thing to grasp. I really like being on a team, whether that's with one person as a pair, whether that's in a group, but I'm not always the best team player something I've also learned. I love being on a team. I love being a team player. I love doing the part, but again, I can be controlling in nature in that. I've said, so, you know, and I've, I've learned that I like to, well, I like to be in a team. I also like to be a captain of the team. I, and then just to put it into like, you know, football terms, I like to be like the star quarterback, but there's other times when like, I'm just happy to be on the team. I don't mind being the third string quarterback or like the kicker, or like the last guy on the bench. Like sometimes I just want to be on the, a team, not even the team, a team. Be playing. Well, that's what the game. geese yeah. are, Adam. Hmm? That's what the geese are. Yeah. Right. Cause each one shares leadership. So like when you're leading up something, we're all working under your lead and everybody's doing it that way. But the team takes turns leading and does different things and the flock grows and it grows and just where it flies. You know? So, but everyone shares the leadership. But so I think the team player thing, that part where you're joking, we're all like that. It's like, I don't want to be in the spotlight, but why are they in the spotlight? And how come I'm not in the spotlight? You know, like that kind of like trick of the game. But yeah. And like, and then, and then it goes, and it comes in so many ways too. Like, am I doing enough to be, to call myself a team player? Am I, why, like, I, why am I getting credit for this when I didn't really do much? Or how come I'm not getting enough credit when I did all the work? You know, and it's just like, it's just like, a, it's a battle. And, but, all the relationship stuff, I think, comes back again to the to the self. And but with but with, you know, with with the opposite sex, if you will, you know, my my I, I've always had I've had some good relationships. I really have. I, I think all the partners I've had, which is not that many, they are if they're if they are reflections of me, like I look good, 
And uh, like all of, uh, all of the women I've dated are very talented artistically and creatively. And usually just like fun to, you know, fun to be around. And, and I've learned that I, I really learned that I, I, I really value harmony and balance through my relationships. I like with that team player analogy, like I like to be the leader and I like to be the follower. I like to be the star and I like to be not the star, you know? And I find like, I like when things are, are fair. I like when the love exchange feels good and natural and balanced. I like when, I like when, you know, we split the bills and stuff like that. That always feels good. Like it's not one person and like just, just the energy exchange is, is, is fair and equal. Like that harmony and it could have come from having a Libra mom. It could ha have come from maybe parents, you know, who, who didn't get along that much growing up and like wanting to like not that and, and to find that harmony. Cause I've, I've really worked a lot of my life to find that harmony and, and a lot of it. And I love my parents and we all have our parents stuff and mine looks, you know, the way it does. And there was, you know, there was father who is a lot of times the bad, he was always the bad cop and the mom who was always the good cop. And it was always that. And it was like very clear cut that. And what's funny is to, you know, my brother and I, we came from the same house and we experienced a lot of the same things. But if you look at who we've dated over the years, there's a clear pattern that I've found that I, I find fascinating that I would love to share. And it's that, so like I said, dad, kind of mean growing up. He's come a long way, loving the death. He's I actually was just telling my girlfriend, like he's like becoming a good friend of mine, which is awesome. Never would have guessed that would have happened. So grateful for that. But growing up, he was, you know, he was, he was hard. Uh, he was angry. He was mean. He, I don't think he liked himself that much. And he took it out a lot on mom. And Joey and I handled that differently. Joe, firstborn, was like the fighter. He wanted to like fight dad, like don't be mean to mom. And like, was very like passionate in that way. And he also, I think with that on the other side had this resentment, resentment of like, mom, why are you so weak? Why are you putting up with that? And if you look at all the women Joe has dated, including his wife today, very strong women, very much like, like almost like put Joe in his place. And like, he likes that, like he's into that. And me, I always kind of retreated. I would go ride my bike for like five hours if mom and dad were fighting. I would shoot hoops for like seven hours just because I wanted to not be there. And then when like no one was looking and dad was away or sleeping or whatever, I'd be like, hey, ma, what's up? Looking good. Like, you know, and I'd like, I'd give her that, like, I'd try to pick her up in that way. And I've always found that I like the women I've, I've always been, you know, involved with are ones that maybe need a little bit like that, like appreciate my, my compliments and my, my picking up and my, like, my, like, kind of like rah, rah, let's go, let's do this feeling like where that's where I feel important sometimes is that is like, come follow me. We'll go down the road to, to happiness, you know, like sometimes it's bullshit, but it, it's usually, it feels pretty good and, and it's pretty, pretty genuine. And it's interesting to watch Joey and I, my brother who I love very like same house, similar vibes, but like kind of branch off in that way. And, 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 and interpret the world differently in our way. I definitely think who we pick and how we grow has a lot to do with what we know. But yeah, talent. Every girl I've dated is like super talented. It's, it's so interesting. Must be some kind of turtle. It's a good projection. A little humility. See how great they are. Yeah. But also it's your love of art. I mean, because I would say the people that I lift up, I see them like I was talking to some people and they were reflecting on some other time I had with them because most some of the people are, I've known for a long time that we're talking to 
I said, but I didn't see that. Like, I just, I saw the behavior, but I never changed what I saw when I looked at you. Like, I always understood just self, you know, like, I, I didn't have an idea. I might have learned to be careful of you because you were doing things that said that person's reckless. You know, like, that one's lost with someone like uh, awareness, you know, back off. You know, but there's not like you change your view of the possibility of something. Yeah, the possibility of somebody is always. And make it happen, but you can just yeah. don't see it. Like I don't make it happen. You know me better than I mean, I'll keep you honest because I think it's funny. But I'm trying to make like I like to fuck with everybody and laugh. Yeah. We're very, we're very similar in that way. Yeah, exactly. I think, but I think we're very similar to uh, Gruisha in that we, we do see people's potential. I think maybe everybody does, but I think you and I both have a really strong knack for seeing all the shit. Like I see, I see you and which way, which way are we going with you? You know, like, oh, you're going that way with you. Okay. We can go that way with you, but you control where we go with you, you know, and I'm, I'm going to come along with the ride and here's me right now, you know, and, and, and it's, 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 it's a fun, fun thing. Another thing with relationships I just remembered is I really like communication yeah. uh, and I've, I, I've learned that I'm very unique in one way in that almost every ex I've ever had, every breakup, a few months later, I come a knocking with uh, like, a, hey, would you like to, now that you have a new boyfriend and like we've, we've, I think we've moved on. I think it, the dust has settled. You want to have a recon? Can we talk about this? Can we talk about where things went wrong, where things went right? Like, why was I a great boyfriend? I'll tell you why you were a great girlfriend. Like, you know, like not super negative, like you sucked and like you ruined my life or anything more just like. What did you learn that you want in a partner from me or with me that you never want to see again or that and that you do want to see again? Like, that was awesome. You know, like work on like hone that part, you know, and I've had some great recons and I, I can proudly say I'm at least friendly with with all people I've had any kind of long relationship with, except maybe one or two. A good percentage. I'd say my 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 retention rate of friends is like really high <laughs> and that feels really good. You know, one of one of my longest girlfriends i'd say like she's she's a good friend of mine and then that that feels awesome and i think we we had a conversation once and i was like you know like you introduced me to that person as your ex and like that doesn't feel good i don't want to call you my ex like x sounds like something like has happened and it's over like we're just been friends for a long time and in like in that friends for a long time there was like a, a a moment of time when we were more than friends but that that falls into the whole umbrella of us knowing each other and like you are awesome i am awesome we were awesome and now we're awesome doing our own thing like why call it that, you know? And those conversations, I think, are just so important to me for closure, for growth. And just not, you know, like to like, because it's so easy to blame game and like victimize ourselves and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, hey, we did a thing. It lasted two years, that thing. Like what happened? Like that was an experience, you know? And I think that's important. And I, I would like to see more people do that because it, I think for me, it's, it's helped in many ways in my growth. Yeah, yeah, I second that. You know, I maintain a similar value in my relationships that way the best I can as well. And, and, when, I, and when I was a jerk for the, like, I understand when that person doesn't want to recon, doesn't want to talk to me, because that's happened too, and that's that's cool, and I've learned from that. Like, when someone says, nah, I'm good, that's a, that's a learning experience in itself, you know? Yeah, I've had people who really, really loved me just, like, not talk to me, yeah. stop talking to me. And then come back in like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I did that, but I just couldn't anymore. And so, uh, I mean, I see it in a lot of different things, but I used to lie to myself and think that it was me that was doing that. But 
there's different frequencies and different wavelengths and you feel more comfortable to times with different people. Yeah, sometimes you need a pause button, you know, and sometimes yeah. sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you're, you're lost in the sauce of the other person too a little bit. You need like, let me step back for two weeks. Yeah. Jump back in when, I, when, I, when I'm me, you know. <laughs> Clayton's grace. It just this. It just helps you get to your own grace again. Nice. So these are some great chairs. I appreciate how introspective you are and how you're bringing it in. Thank you. Thank you. I, it, it's it's beautiful to to get some things out of my brain and and be offered the chance to talk about them. You know. Nice. Yay. And if one person can listen to what I'm saying, be like, oh, good idea. Like, I feel great about that. You know. Well, I, I dream it more that you all listen to each other and then you come together to discuss what it is to really be a good brother you know, or a good they or a good we or whatever it is to be harmonizing and kind in our family, like what to build on. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently reading a great book by Charles Eisenstein and it's about building like, you know, the new world, if you will, and in a nutshell that there was the way of thinking about the world for the last, like, I don't know, 600, 1200 worlds was about separate separatism. And there's me and there's you and there's her and like, there's our family and then there's your family, but it's still me and you and the husband and the wife and the kids or whatever. And like my house, your house. And then like nature's over there. That tree is over there. And like, I'm a human and that's a rabbit and, and God is somewhere up there. And not that that's bullshit, but like the way of the world that I think we're we're moving is the understanding of that interbeingness is what Charles Eisenstein calls is that we are con- we are connected and 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 again another cliche is like we we're all one but like we we are and there's a balance there with like me being my authentic self but how that affects you and your authentic self and how we can coexist as humanity and as a planet because you know like when you watch somebody on TV get murdered like you feel something. You know, and that's not just that, you know, has a word like empathy or compassion, but it is, it's a physical feeling that like, you know, like you feel. Well, it just says we're not safe. One of us is being killed and they're telling us we're being killed. Every So as people settle down, start to think about how to go back to the earth, let's chill out. This gets thrown into the mix. However, the universe, the troll energy it is, does it. And here we all are fighting over what's right or wrong and ingesting fear-based things over and over starting to let ourselves be reclaimed again in the density that says there's an us and them when there's no way there can be an us and them. Like, come on, like it's in everything now. Like there's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. We have uh, one of my favorite practitioners that we have at the assemblage, Kathleen Booker, an amazing breathwork practitioner who's like, I don't know, you would love her. She's amazing. I'm actually going into her session a little bit later today. He always says in almost every session, like, Cause she, she's really big on having people share kind of like we're doing, you know, like where, where are you, where are you at and doing it virtually with social media and stuff. It's a little odd, but it, I think it's important for the circle because she, you know, she says almost every time, like if somebody, if somebody in the circle is feeling it, everybody's feeling it in some way and it might manifest in a completely different way. And some people may push it down. Some people may lift it up and it might come in sideways. But generally if, if one person in, in the pool, you know, is, is, is feeling that, Everybody is one way or another. And it's kind of like, you know, dropping in like a food coloring into a pool. Eventually it's going to, the whole pool is going to turn red, you know, and it's, 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 it's there. You can't really take it out, you know, and unless you, you know, you accept that it's there and you work with it and you love it and you change the idea of what a pool is. <laughs> yeah. You know, it reminds me how oftentimes I, I hear people in the prayer circle say, you only have good thoughts here. 
bring only good thoughts here. So like if you hear somebody sick, we're talking about how they're getting healthy. We're bringing them into light again. We're seeing them through their, their healing, right? Because if we have negative thoughts or, or thoughts of fear or trying to like, then, then we're praying from that energy, right? So our thoughts are just such a, a potent way that we respond to everything. Like it, it directs us. Yeah. You know, and there's so many ones built in that you don't even know you're running. You know what I mean? The ones that feels like they make your legs move, but they're really just... Yeah, and, and that and that brings up, you know, the great question of like of, of truth, you know, and it's like, where do we find truth? And it's, you know, if if our wonderful 45th president of the United States has anything that he's brought like to light is like, yeah, fake news. The idea is that like, yeah, like where where do I lay my trust? Do I trust Groisha? Like, why do I trust myself? Why? You know, and a lot of people my age are, ta- you know, around there they're talking about like, some people think it's important to vote and some people think it's important to like start a revolution and like burn government buildings and like whatever it is. Like I get all the sides. They all make sense. But like I, I would love to love and trust my government and my media and, my, and the things that I, I take in, but I don't. And so like we're in an age right now of, of, of information, which also means we're in an age of misinformation. And they, and that's, that's a, a tough nut to crack because it goes back to kind of the way you were talking about where it's, Am I, am I, who am I? Am I what I was told I was? Am I what I think I am? And, or, 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 or is there a little bit of like a pearl in there that is actually the mean? I think it takes a lot of work. Unfortunately, it seems like it's a lot of dismantling and re- reconfiguring and shadow work and all that. But I think there's a way that it could be, maybe be a little less, less, less strenuous. Like, it doesn't have to be like a marathon, you know what I mean? And, or a decathlon for that matter. And I think that, you know, finding, figuring out who I am and what I am, there's all these tools, there's gene keys, there's astrology, there's, there's meditation, there's, there's chanting and there's retreats and there's plant medicine. But, uh, you know, and I I think you might agree with me that I believe that if we just start teaching it early, (laughs) there's less dismantling because like, you know, the world's going to throw stuff at us. But I think if we can create with our children, a world in which we, you know, we, we don't give misinformation and we let people be their authentic selves. I think that it's just so important. I know there's, there's different tribes, indigenous tribes where the, their view of parenting is you kind of like let the kid run around, let the kid fall. Let, like just the kid should, should know that you're there. That, and that's really it. Just knowing that you're there to support and the love. And if like anything's like super dangerous, you're, 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 you're going to, you're going to handle it, but generally like you're on your own, but I'm here and you know, I'm here and you love that I'm here. You know, I, one, another a story that I, I, I tell a lot with, with an ex-girlfriend I had, she had an eating, an eating disorder and she worked with kids with, with young adults in college when we were in college together that had eating disorders and she would sometimes relapse and she felt like a hypocrite. She felt like she was lying and living a, a false life. But I remember in my young adult wisdom, <laughs> I'm proud of myself to this day. I, I looked at her dead in the eye and I said, "Listen, name, you, you're 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 effed." I used I didn't know without a curse on here. You're effed. You are a f- affected by quote unquote society. You are you have been given this idea of what what beauty is, and you are affected by it. And it and you are you're screwed. I'm screwed too in a lot of ways. And a lot of those girls that you're teaching, they might be screwed too. But one of them or all of them might have a kid one day and that kid might not be screwed. And by doing what you're doing, you might be helping that kid 
unscrew, unscrew, unscrew like the rest of the world, you know? So it is important that we do that work, even if sometimes we feel like a hypocrite, if we don't feel like we're perfect or we feel like we're, we have imposter syndrome. It's like, no, like, I think we all have an idea of what a beautiful humanity and world is. I think it's all important that we do what we do, whether it's music or teaching or math or, or riding cars or painting things, whatever it is you do, do that with the intention of a better world. And I think if, if it's, it's, I think it's, just, it's as simple quote unquote as that, you know, and it's just understanding that like, it's okay if your childhood trauma, like still comes out and plays and knocks on your door sometimes it's okay. If you're not like the ultimate, you know, enlightened human being all the time, you know, but I think it's important that you keep putting in the work and you keep, keep just doing your part, you know? I hear you. I'm thinking about or holding in my heart the, the, the way you reference beauty and how it can distort us, right? And there was a beautiful project, which will have its own rebirth in some way, Real Beauty Uncovered, where photographer and her great way of being present and so engaging with bringing the presence and the light within the beauty from the person and capture the picture. Though it may not have been their one in makeup with their own black and white and the black shirts, you could see the inner radiance. So beauty's really on the inside. So when you talk about discerning, it's like really learning our instruments, like what's happening in all these like assemblage, you know, the different people coming in with breath work and the cow and the coming close to your body and the use of sound and music and knowing your astrology, learning who you are as a person. I mean, it's an authentication process. So then wherever you are, you're in authentication. And that's where you come into good relation. That's where it's easy communication because you're not programming your response to the idea of the other. You're just being authentic with the other. And saying, this is where my authentic self is right now. And if I ask myself to change, it'll be at a cost. I'll probably eat you alive one day with a comment that'll make you cry because I'm mad at myself and not making a boundary. But sometimes that's what authentic means is energetically, we all need to be in our own space. And, but it doesn't mean that we're not there and in the vibration of oneness. It just means we're in an authentic space. Isn't it weird how, how sexualized beauty is in, 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 in Western society? I mean, I mean, capitalism, I think plays a huge part in that. It's, 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 it's weird. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Then like, it's kind of weird. Like, like what you're telling like a little girl who like is watching TV and seeing like that model on TV, like as beauty, what you're saying is to her is, and if you were going to keep it real with that little girl, you'd be saying, well, we did a study with a hundred men and more of the men wanted to have sex with that woman than that woman. Yeah. Don't, you, don't you want to have more sex with like a hundred men instead of five? It's like, Ooh. what? <laughs> it's insane. It's so insane. It's one of the weirdest things. Like I, I definitely like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. And then when you're not liking yourself, I can't tell you how many girls have just like been so hurt over the sides of their boobs or their hips or their shape or how I should have been this or I should have been that. And I'm like, really? I mean, I got lucky that somehow in 2020, butts are good to be born. I think that's on the way out. Like, I think that was your head of your time, Gooch. <laughs> no, I think I'm, I think I'm coming out of that time. I think like butts are going back down and I got to get back on the track because like, well now, now eyes, eyes are very important because all the face masks, you know, like I feel like, you know, I, I like the reveal, oh, you my contacts the reveal, you know? Yeah. It's, it's weird. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I think a, a lot of men, myself included, you know, penis size, I think is, 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 is a huge thing. Is it big enough? Is it the right shape, the right size, the right this, the right that? Is it cool? Is it, was that good for you? You know, like I, I it's just, and I'm, I am no, I am, I'm guilty of that. I'm, I'm victim to that. I am, I'm, I'm part of that. And, you know, I think it's, that's a, a thing that I, you know, I, 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 I think we as brothers should, should talk about and. It's 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 a Let's thing. Let's talk you know? about our penises, all right. But it's a thing in a productive way, you know. And I know for me, I think it's weird that my mom told me that when I was a kid, like my dad, like I would want to like brush my teeth with my dad in the shower, and like my dad was like private about it, like no. And like I don't think he's got anything to be like you know like ashamed of in that department. I think he's just like was weird by it, like sexuality. And I I, I got my parents a spa thing for their birthday or for Hanukkah or whatever it was once. And like, they're like, oh, we're not getting naked with other people. It was just like the idea of it was like, wow, you must not be alone in that thought. Like what's, what's wrong, what's wrong with like your, what you think of either your body or others' bodies as being like gross, you know, why is that gross? You know, it's just, yeah. it's just, we all got it. You know, as long as it, it functions at a healthy place, like you're good, you know, like go be. So then Adam, let's get to the last part. You kind of already touched on it, but the last question is, how do you, for yourself at this time, discern truths? Like, you know, for yourself, like your moves, your intuition, like how do you access your inner voice? You know what I mean? Maybe truth is a word that has a charge in it, but it's like your guidance system, your good orderly direction, your inner guidance system. Well, I don't know how you align. Yeah, when I have, when, I, when I'm, I think discipline helps a lot. And, and I've been actually struggling a lot with my discipline lately by my, whatever my view of it is. And, you know, like, like, the idea of staying in that authentic self takes a lot of work for me. And I think doing that, when I'm in that space, I feel like I'm, I'm the most guided. And, and, you know, yoga is very important for me. Reading is very important for me in that regard. The breath work and meditation and, and cacao helps me immensely with connecting with myself and my heart. And yeah, I think a lot of it comes into like getting into the heart space. So any like things that bring me to the heart space, I mean, music, you know, playing harmonica, playing drums. And I think just movement in general, I think is very important. Like whether it's going for a walk, shooting hoops when I, when I go to laundry, my parents and stuff and just dancing. Like when I have a dance party by myself in the morning, like I, I think the, the day just goes better, you know, and. I think, I think movement in general, whenever that movement is for you, for me, it's, it's dancing, it's playing music, it's yoga. I think, I think movement is important. I think in this quarantine movement has been more challenging for me. You know, I, I, I like, I like going to things and that could be part of my own, you know, stuff where it's like the validation of like going somewhere or something, but I like going to a yoga class. Doing it at home is so much harder. <laughs> it takes so much more discipline, you know? And going somewhere where somebody tells me what to do and I'm kind of held accountable because I'm there, you know, it feels good. And like going to a concert and going to work, going to see my friends that, and I think I took for granted the going to part, like the moving, the, the point A to point B. So I think, I think staying active and, you know, like Michelle Obama had some campaign on that, like moving around is good for you thing. When I'm stagnant, I feel stagnant. When I'm moving, I feel like I'm I'm seeing the bigger picture. I hear you. Me too. I've been doing my dog walks and going out on little adventures. You guys have a dog? We have two dogs. I didn't know that. They've been around for 10 years or 12 years. What else are you keeping from me, Matt? <laughs> yes, they've been quiet for the show. We've been blessed today. 
Oh, so okay. that's great. So I appreciate the authenticity and time. And hopefully down the road, there'll be a way that you can join some of the other men in your eighth stage. Yeah, you know, like, comment, and subscribe at the bottom. Oh, that's what people say, right? Like in the podcast world. I don't know. I, I mean, you can see me a subscription. I'm not sure how this is going to go through, but whatever it is, I hope it helps you grow true. That's my intention. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the time and just, you know, doing your part, which I think is, is just this, talking to people and, and helping people find that harmony. Thank you. That man. rhythm in the middle, as they say. Turning in all the directions, calling above and below to the space inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this moment? Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website gwtestfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. And that's what'll soothe your soul. Living for a reason, living for a reason. 